Hallelujah, so good, so good, super, super. Thanks, folks, you can uh, take a seat, and really is a wonderful time and opportunity for us to be together, so thanks, family, for, for joining us, and uh, just so good from a, a kingdom perspective to be able to join together and to worship the Lord, so good. Also great for us just to join our hearts together, just to pray for our country and specifically for our city. And uh, so we want to just pray into the economy quickly. You know, as we're about to head into a new season, um, we're asking that the Lord would open up things and there would be fresh opportunities that would sprout out of the ground. Sounds a bit like spring. Okay, so we're asking the Lord to release new, fresh opportunities for business, for entrepreneurs, uh, that there would be a harvest. So we're looking for a great harvest uh, in our financial endeavors and particularly amongst kingdom people that we would see a tremendous growth and increase and in multiplication. So let's join our hearts together. Lord, we thank you for this great nation. And we thank you that you are at work and you're moving powerfully to shape things and to turn things around. We say, thank you, Lord, we're coming out of a season of darkness, and we're coming into a season of light. We say, thank you, Lord, that things that were done in the darkness, uh, they're being exposed. Not only is there exposure, but there is recompense. So we say, thank you, Lord, that we're stepping into a season of restoration. Would you release now on the business people that are part of the kingdom an acceleration, thank you Lord that there's this prophetic release of acceleration that the seed we put into the ground will bring a harvest, a full harvest, and it will come speedily. Thank you Lord for the spring season, thank you that hope and courage and boldness is arising in on the entrepreneurs and business people. Thank you Lord even for big, large companies there's massive turnaround. We thank you that you release strategies, innovation, that we can do things more effectively and efficiently. And we thank you that the best is yet to come. Yes. Amen. 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 Oh, wow. I was just joking uh, with some people this week because it seems a major political organization in the world has taken that tagline from us. All right. Okay. Don't worry. If you didn't watch it, it's okay. But, um, yeah, okay, let's just leave it there. All right. So, um, we've been speaking a little bit for the last few weeks and um, just asking the Lord to just give us His perspective on what's happening in the world right now. And one of the things that the Lord has been saying to us is that He's causing the kingdom to grow and to expand. And that there's this shift, if you like, in the world and in the nations. And so the Lord brings nations up and he brings them down. Uh, he causes acceleration. We, he's releasing elevation to his people in this time. And um, we're just getting reports weekly of how the Lord is coming through powerfully for his sons and his daughters and causing us to be the head and not the tail in this time. 
And it's just like, it's just so encouraging and, um, and strengthening because this isn't just a vague word, kind of like, you know, we're just speaking things out into the atmosphere, but actually the Lord is doing it, it's his heart, it's his intention, and he's actually causing it to come about. And so that is just a wonderful thing that we can be part of what God is doing in the season. So if you focus on the negative, well, you'll see a lot of negative because there's a lot of negativity happening around. So it doesn't have to be very prophetic to see it. You just have to be tuning into the daily news and you will be flooded with negativity. And if that's your framework, that's what you're going to be seeing. But the Lord wants us to see with kingdom eyes. He wants us to recognize that we're seated with him in heavenly places and that there's an eternal perspective to what's going on. So we need to look at things differently from just the things that are smacking us in the face in terms of what's going on in the natural and begin to see that God is actually bigger and higher and he is causing things to shake during this time. And so we saw that in, in the book of Hebrews, that only the things that are of the kingdom, eternal things, will remain. Okay? So that's the, the quick catch-up version of where we've been for the last few weeks. All right. Talk about acceleration. You've got a whole bunch of weeks just in a couple of minutes. Okay. What I want to do now is take a, a few moments this morning to take a look at some of the statements of Jesus when he said, the kingdom of heaven is like. Because it's going to help us also as we gauging what we're seeing in the world and we're trying to perceive with kingdom vision as to what's going on, that we might recognize that God is working powerfully in the earth today. Right? So, um, won't you... Uh, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, right? So switch on your Bible, please. Um, or if, if you have got pages, like I've got some pages this morning, um, you, can, you can turn there. But in Matthew chapter 13 and, and verse 24, um, Jesus tells a story. He tells a parable. And a parable is a story with a meaning that's uh, inserted into the story. So Jesus wasn't just telling a bedtime story just to you know, entertain people, but there was a truth or a number of truths that were embedded in the story that he was telling. And the thing about a parable is that the, the truth isn't necessarily easily um, observed on the surface. You've actually got to think about the story. And, um, and so... Uh, it was prophesied that, that people would hear without hearing and see without seeing. And, and so Jesus came and he would bring these messages, but only those who were truly listening, who were truly seeing, would get the understanding as to what Jesus was really saying, what he was meaning through the story. And that means that we need to dig a little bit deeper as we are getting into the parables of Jesus, that we might understand what it is that he's saying to us, not just in terms of what the story means, but what is the implication, what is the understanding that we need for our own lives that we can apply the word. 
Because it's pointless just having a great story and you know, okay, let's head off for lunch. How is that going to change and transform our lives? We want our lives to be shaped, changed, molded, transformed by the power of the word. Okay? So, you know, Isaiah 55, the, just as the, 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 the rains don't come from the heavens without watering the earth, so God's word will not come down and then return without it bearing life. There's going to be some change. There's a power in the word that is able to bring change and transformation into our lives. All right. So I think I've given you um, enough time to, to get to Matthew 23. Uh, sorry, Matthew 13 and verse 24. Okay, I'm wearing my really, really sexy glasses this morning. I'll uh, explain it another time. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed seed, good seed, in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So this is a lovely story. And, um, you know, we can begin to think what this may or may not mean. And, of course, to the people of that day. Also, you know, what was Jesus talking about, you know? Because they were an agrarian society. They were very familiar with, with planting and with, with uh, harvesting all these different things. Their, their, their survival depended on it. You know, they didn't pop to the local pick and pay to go and get their bread. You know, they were very much involved in the process of sowing and reaping, and obviously they would understand the thing around weeds, and, and you know, it's just not really good. But Jesus was embedding another meaning into the story. And um, fortunately for us, Jesus explained this parable to his disciples, okay? And we get to listen in on the explanation. So turn with me to, uh, to verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, 
and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Just wonderful for us that Jesus gives the explanation of what's going on. Now, I'm, I'm not wanting to go into each of the, the, the elements of the parable, but what I want us to draw a couple of things here that are going to help us as we're looking as to what's going on in the world right now. Because people ask the question, if God is good, how come? How come the weeds? You know, God, did you do this? How could you, you know, if you're in charge, you know, how is it possible that there could be such economic uh, hardship and all this difficulty, people losing their lives, all these difficult questions that people have, you know, and, and God, if you're a God of love, how do you let these things happen? How come there are weeds? And Jesus, who is God in the flesh, makes it very clear and plain to us, this is the enemy. This is the work of the enemy. You cannot blame on God what is the work of the enemy. And the enemy comes in and he sows the weeds while everybody's sleeping. In other words, when it's dark, at night, he, he's doing things in devious ways. And that's exactly the, the behavior of the enemy. So we know from John chapter 10 and verse 10, it's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's doing all of these things in, 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 uh, in very surreptitious ways, in devious ways, underhanded ways. And he, he, he sows the weeds. And the interesting thing about these particular weeds, um, you know, in the old King James Version, it spoke about the wheat and the tares. And so there was a particular weed um, that looked in its seed form, it looked so close to wheat seeds. And also, as a small little plant, it looked close. It was, it was much the same. It was only as the plants began to get to a place of maturity that you could begin to see that there was a difference between the wheat and the tares, between the wheat and the weeds. All right, And so Jesus is saying, listen, it's not always easy for you to see that there's a difference between these things. Only when things become self-evident is it obviously really very clear. Now, a lot of people then want to jump in you know, and, and go on a crusade, whatever it is, and start smashing all the weeds and, and whatever. And um, he said, listen, just be careful. Don't get into a judgmental mode where you think you know what's right and what's wrong, and you make yourself the judge of all of these things. Just, you know what, leave it alone. At the end of the age, when it's the right time for the harvest, let God be God, you don't have to play God. In other words, you can just get off your little high horse, you can get off your position of judging and pontificating about everything, that you always have to be right and pointing out everything. You, you don't have to do that. 
Just, you know what? Take a little break from that. Step aside, let God be God, and he will do what is right when it's his time for bringing about that kind of separation. And he'll actually use the angels. So you don't even have to worry about it. You're not going to get a call. Uh, excuse me. Um, what are you doing today? I, I just need a little bit of help. Who is this? Uh, this is the Lord Almighty. And I need your help. It's kind of like, whoa, no. He's going to send out the angels and they will be sorting out this thing. So don't worry about trying to get on this you know, whole thing of, of being righteous, judging everything. Leave it to the Lord and he'll send out the angels who the harvesters and they will sort out the weeds, sort them out in their bundles. They'll take care of it. You don't have to get into a mode of judging and of being self-righteous. Right? And this is a hidden kind of thing inside this parable. But if you, the whole point of the story and the way Jesus told stories was that you'd go and sit around the fire. You know, you, you didn't have TV, you know, you couldn't turn on Netflix or whatever it is. There were no social media. You could actually just chill and, and people would talk and discuss, you know, I wonder what he meant by that. And, and they would begin to, to, to meditate, to think about much like a cow chews the cud. It ruminates and it's getting all of the nutrients out of the grass. And so the people in that time, they would think about and they would, they would recall the story, what Jesus taught. And, and they would, would discuss and they would, would begin to get an understanding as they, they dwelt on it. And the Lord wants us to just like get the nutrients Get the truth for us that actually we don't have to elevate ourselves into a place of playing the judge. That's good news. Because for some of you, you're so uptight, you actually just need to relax. Okay? And you don't have to fix all the world's problems. Oh my goodness. <sighs> all right? You don't have to step in and be the rescuer. You don't have to be the one rushing in and pulling up all the weeds. Because actually, as you do that, you're going to cause some havoc and some destruction. And the wheat is also potentially going to get damaged. So God has got good reason for allowing some of the things to take place in our world right now. As disconcerting as it may be, as horrible as it may be, remember... The, the servants came and they said, Sir, you planted good seed. Well, what's all this weed stuff going on here? All right? And I'm not talking about the stuff that's been recently legalized. Um, that's a whole other story. But, but, you know, they were bringing it to the, the master's attention. And, and, and the master said, Hey, it's okay. Don't do anything now. It's the enemy who's done this. And when the time is right, We'll get it all sorted out. So there's another thing that we draw from this. That it's the enemy. The enemy is the one who's doing all these devastating things. As we look at what's going on in the world, because we know that the kingdom is advancing, the kingdom is growing. Well, how come if the kingdom is advancing, we see all these negative things? Oh, 
Jesus told us. Because the whole thing is that the seed is the sons of the kingdom. As the kingdom is expanding, how is it growing? It's growing through the sons of God. It's growing through us. We are the, the ones who have been adopted into the family. All right. So we're, we're his children. And as we're going about spreading the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, so the kingdom grows and expands. And so as we are doing what we need to be doing, all right, the kingdom will grow, but even so, even with good seed being planted, the enemy will still come and he will put weed seed into the ground. So don't get upset and say, oh, the kingdom is losing, all right? No, get a perspective, all right? Some people have an over-realized eschatology, meaning they think that because Jesus came and he won the victory on the cross, that therefore we should already have perfection here on earth, all right? And so there's a strange uh, mindset that doesn't have an allowance for what Jesus said would take place. So it's really helpful for us to get a proper perspective of what's going on. Yes, the wheat is growing, but there are also weeds. Okay? Now you can spend your life focusing on the weeds. Well, how's that going to work out for you? All right? You're going to be so focused on the negative, all you can see is weeds. And it's going to cause you to get into a place of doubt and despair and disillusionment. Or you can focus on the wheat. Wow, what is God doing? So God is doing amazing things among his people in this time. This week I was talking to uh, some church leaders, some from out of town. And, uh, and some of the reports that are coming from different church communities across the nation is that people are experiencing a greater level of intimacy with the Lord as a result of this lockdown. Well, I'd say that's good fruit. I'd say that this is the wheat actually growing up into maturity. I'd say this is a good thing. So if you're looking for the bad stuff, you're going to see it. But how about we look for the good stuff? How about we focus on looking for the wheat? So God, what are you doing in this time? And you know what? As we said earlier, he's causing his people to rise up and to become the head, no longer the tail. He's causing us to be elevated in this time. Well, hey, Let's take that. That's a good thing, right? Okay. Fantastic. Um, let me just make sure that I've got all the things that I wanted to say out of this thing. And um, you guys have been interrupting me so much this morning. I'm not sure I've got enough time to carry on all the other things I wanted to say. It's the problem when you have a, a studio audience. You know, they, they start taking over you. All right. Um, I, th I think that's, that's what we want to say for, 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 for that. Um, let's carry on reading in, in Matthew 13 and, um, and verse 31. Jesus, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. 
Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. So um, we, we see here Jesus explaining again, saying the kingdom of heaven is like. He's telling him another parable and he's helping us understand what the kingdom looks like. And he, he compares it and he said, you know, there's, there's this mustard seed. It's, it's not the smallest of seeds on the planet, but it, in terms of their um, world and what they were involved with, it was like, man, that, that's the smallest that they would be familiar with. And, and it's this tiny little seed, and then it grows into this, this, this huge um, shrub, garden tree. It grows, grows about 10 feet tall, which is taller than most of us. And, um, and, and so it's this really large um, plant that's growing up in, in people's gardens. And, and, and the birds come in, there's shade, it's just you know, glorious. And, and he, basically what he's saying is, the kingdom, although starting small, and it appears to be insignificant, Right? It's going to grow into this really big tree. So the kingdom, even if it looks to be small at first, in your area, in your neighborhood, your business, the company you work at, um, the city, the nation, the continent, even if it appears to be small, it's going to grow. This is the lesson that Jesus is wanting his listeners to get. The kingdom is going to expand, right? And, and the, the echoes here, as Jesus is talking to his people, and he's talking about this tree that grows up and it becomes massive and the birds come and animals get shelter and shade, immediately, because they were really, really good students of the Bible, sorry, of the scriptures, which is the Old, Old Testament, the Torah, they would have remembered immediately, they would have made the link to Daniel chapter 4, which is kind of like what you guys did. And um, so in Daniel chapter 4, there's, there's Nebuchadnezzar, and, um, and he's this, this Babylonian king, and he has this dream, and in the dream, there's this, this, uh, this tree that grows up, and it's reaching to the sky, and it's seen from, from afar, and lots of birds and animals are coming and getting shelter in its, in, in its branches and in the shade. And, um, and then the tree gets chopped down, but the, the stump is left. And then after a time, um, then, then it gets restored. And none of the, 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 the pagan wise guys can, can interpret the dream. And Daniel... He was also given a, a, a different name, Belteshazzar, um, same guy, just two Facebook profiles. And um, so he, the Lord gives him the vision and the interpretation as to what's going on. He says, oh, king, I wish this wasn't you. That's amazing. He has a kingdom guy serving a pagan boss. He says, I, I, I wish that this wasn't you because it was bad news. You know, for some of us, Working for, um, for a boss who's mean. You know, you, sometimes we think he's Lucifer himself, but he's not. Um, that we would have the same heart attitude. Oh, I, I wish that bad news never came your way. That we have a heart of, of, of love and, and of favor towards 
people that we, we live with, uh, we work with, all, the, all these different interactions. And then the, the word came through, and Nebuchadnezzar, he, he uh, roamed around on his all fours like a wild animal, and his hair grew like became like matted and like feathers and his beard and he, he, he ate the grass and he was out there like an animal and in the dew and all the rest of it. And after a period of time, he came back to his senses. And um, you know, let me just read you a little bit from, from Daniel chapter 4 because I think that um, it's really insightful because it's a connection also um, with this understanding of, of the, the kingdom. You see, he starts off in chapter 4, and, and he's introducing, and he's starting with the end because of you know, the conclusion of the matter. And he's writing, he says, to the peoples, nations, and men of every language who live in all the world, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders, sounds like it's from the book of Acts, that the most high God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion or rule endures from generation to generation. This is a pagan king who's had an encounter with the Most High, gone through this whole episode, and he's come out the other side and he's praising, praising God. So at the end of chapter 4, um, verse 34, it says, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and my nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify, hallelujah, the king of heaven. Because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Oh my goodness. It's as though Nebuchadnezzar was describing our times. At times when nations rise and nations fall. You know, rulers and, and dominions and those in authority... The pride who exalt themselves and lift them up, he can bring them down. He can bring them low. And this is what God is doing in this time, in this season. There's a shaking on the earth. There's a resetting of economies. Those who, who once were exalted in their own eyes are being brought low. This is a time for us to be humble because guess what? In due time, the Lord will cause the humble to be lifted up. And so let's remain in a place of humility because this is the way of the kingdom. The kingdom is going to grow like that mustard seed, right? We're back to Matthew 13. The mustard seed, small 
but it's going to expand, it's going to grow. And so the kingdom, it goes from generation to generation. It's an eternal kingdom. It's growing and it's expanding. And this is one of the things that Jesus is actually wanting to get to us, that the kingdom of God is growing. So don't look at what's happening on the planet right now and say, yeah, the devil's winning. The church is diminishing. It's being shut down. We're being you know, put behind a mask. We're losing our voice. We're not losing our voice. For goodness sake, how many churches have taken to social media and now have an online platform more than ever before? For goodness sake, the church has left the building. The church hasn't been shrunk. The church has been expanded. We've exploded in our reach and our capacity. For goodness sake, see the weeds. Don't look for the weeds. God's not losing and the devil is not winning. I thought at least to get half an amen from the congregation here. All right. God is winning. The kingdom is advancing. The enemy certainly is not going to win. And so that even if it starts as a small little mustard seed, it's going to grow and it's going to expand and it's actually going to take over. And the last parable, as we close out this morning in, in Matthew uh, 13, it's about the, the dough and the yeast that goes all the way um, through the dough. And it's like, um, goodness, how many kilograms was it? Just an enormous amount. Um, 30 kilograms. Listen, for one person trying to work 30 kilograms of dough. Come on, you try that in your own kitchen. All right, so lockdown, many of us have been experimenting with bread and you know, all this kind of stuff, trying to be uh, hip and with it. Lots of laughter in the congregation, yeah, because they, you just self-identified. Okay, but 30 kilograms, that's an enormous amount. All right, and so what Jesus is, is, is trying to create this story, this picture, it's not kind of like, you know, it's only limited to 30 kilograms. All right, so obviously this has been translated into our kind of weights and measurements, all right, in, in our context that we'd understand the story. But it's a, a large amount. For one person to be working with that amount of dough, I mean, that's kind of like, what are you going to do with all that bread? It's not like she was baking for pick and pay, all right? And, so in other words, this is like a, this is an extraordinary amount of dough. It's kind of like, oh my, who could cope with that amount? And then he says the yeast is going to work through the whole batch. The kingdom of heaven is like, it's this yeast. It doesn't matter that it's a massive society. It doesn't matter that the world is huge. The story is trying to tell us the yeast is going to work all the way through. Now, many times in the scriptures, yeast is used in a negative context. But here, Jesus is using it in a positive context. So he's not talking about, hey, you know, the, the yeast, beware the yeast of the Pharisees and blah, blah, blah. That, that's a completely different story. Here he's in a positive sense. The kingdom is going to spread right throughout the whole batch. What's he saying? The kingdom of God is going to spread across the whole planet. And it's going to cause 
and effect a rising of everything. Because that's what yeast does. The kingdom is going to impact, influence, and change everything. Hallelujah. Okay? Again, in this understanding of what's happening in the planet, don't get on the back foot. Don't, you know, look for your cave as though, you know, it's all over skidovers. No, we're part of the yeast that's going to work through the whole batch of dough. Okay? So we add all these stories together, all right? So the wheat, the sons of man, part of the kingdom growing, we're part of that expansion. We're part of that yeast spreading through all of the dough. So we don't put all the yeast in the building that doesn't come into contact with the dough. I'm telling you a parable. What am I saying? It's not about church in the building that we must all stick together, holy huddle, and hang on until Jesus comes back. That was never the intention. The intention was get out there and go and influence and impact everything, everywhere. And in fact, take over. Flate, flate, my studious eight. All right. So, I am absolutely convinced that what Jesus said is true and is going to happen. I'm really confident in Jesus' words. Way more confident in the news broadcast. And more confident than what other commentators are saying about the church and about the kingdom. I'm putting my hope, my confidence, my faith in what Jesus said. And I think that as we all do the same, we will come into alignment. Remember, 2020 is the year of alignment. We're going to come into alignment with God's words, with the kingdom, and we're going to see what he said, what he prophesied, actually come about. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. You are working powerfully in these days. And it's not about what the enemy is doing, but it's about what you are doing. And so we want to focus. We say, Lord, give us kingdom eyes. We need kingdom vision to see and to understand what's going on. Thank you that the yeast works through the whole dough, that this tiny mustard seed grows into this really, really large tree and birds and animals and everything can come and get shade and shelter. Thank you that the kingdom gives a place of refuge and a place of safety. Thank you that your kingdom is growing and expanding. And so we say thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives. Thank you for the confidence and the faith that you're causing to grow up within us like yeast. It's working within us as well as working roundabout. May your kingdom come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. So good, so good. Yeah.